I can't see why people wouldn't be inclusive of a whole section of society. Like, we all know that diversity is really important. Marketers, advertisers, creatives know that they need to be diverse in their advertising. They need to be inclusive. But for such a long time, disability has just been left out of that debate. Welcome to Good On Purpose. This is a podcast for anyone searching for something more meaningful in their life and work. I'm Nilesha Chauvet, Managing Director of Good, a purpose-driven creative agency working with brands and charities to help make the world a better place. In each episode, I'll be speaking to people who've made a conscious and deliberate decision to give something back. People from all walks of life who represent a new generation of leaders changing and shaping the world today. Listen in as I dig deep to get to the very heart of the story they really want to tell, and most importantly, to understand why they're telling it now. Meet Laura Johnson, director of Zebedee a specialist talent agency created to increase representation of people with disability, alternative appearances, and those from the trans and non-binary community. In other words, those who have, until now, been excluded in the media for so long. And there's clearly a big demand for their services. Set up in 2017, Zebedee now looks after models and actors across Europe and USA, working with famous brands such as Gucci, Nike, Disney, HSBC, Tommy Hilfiger, to name but a few. Laura joins me for a chat to explain why she helped set up Zebedee to realise a much-needed mission and purpose. Laura, it's so nice Hello. to talk to you again. <laughs> I know, thank you so much. Nice to see you and speak to you. Yeah, it's really nice to see you. So let's go back in time to when you first set up Zebedee, because some of our listeners might not be familiar with your business proposition. What was the inspiration and impetus for setting up the agency? Sure. So Zebedee, we're a specialist agency. We represent models and actors with disabilities, visible differences, and people who are trans and non-binary. We initially launched in 2017. Um, I launched my sister-in-law, Zoe, and to give a bit of background, we both had worked with vulnerable people and disabled people. Historically, I'm a social worker and Zoe's a performing arts teacher. And we were just having a chat one day about the lack of representation in fashion and media of disabled people and the lack of opportunity for the people that we worked with. And we were just kind of having a big old moan about it, really, how like it's 2017 at that point, And it was just so few and far between to see anybody with a disability anywhere in the media. And we literally just sort of decided there and then in that instant whilst we were chatting that we would set up an agency and we would try and change that we both got a little bit of experience in with model agencies so we'd modeled for many years my little girl was modeling so we'd kind of got experience from the other side of things but we'd never worked in an agency so it was kind of like we just had to start from scratch but um so that yeah that's the story really we just wanted to make a change we just wanted to see more people with disabilities gracing our screens in fashion magazines, on advertisements, which seems to be working because <laughs> you do see it a lot more yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. So talk me through those early days and when you were setting up the business, when you came up with the proposition and you started to go to market with it and start speaking to brands, what was the reaction? A lot of the time, I mean, of course, there was people who reacted positively and we've had some brilliant clients from the very beginning, River Island being one of them. They've kind of 
were ready for it already. But they were looking for us, basically. You know, they wanted something like us before we existed. So they were really ready to kind of get on board with us. I mean, generally, and it continues to be so, it's it's hard. When we first started, it was just such an alien concept to so many clients. They couldn't understand how a model could have a disability. They'd never seen it before. They They didn't think consumers would want to see disabled people in advertising. And so it was a really hard (laughs) sell, I guess. And, you know, the way that we work is we put our guys forward for any role that they fit the brief for, regardless of disability difference or gender identity. We put them forward for that brief. And that's we had to do that because if we waited for briefs looking for disabled people, we would have been waiting a very long time for those briefs to come in. And I think people just sort of, they really sort of started getting fed up with us. <laughs> like they were just like, oh, fine, we'll give them a go because we just continued to reach out to them, continue to put people forward for work, uh, continue to push this really. And eventually they started to see, they started to see our guys in castings and then they started to book them. And once that happened, it kind of was, it just all kind of just grew and grew and grew from there because people started to realise that they disabled people or or people, diverse people bring so much to a campaign and that consumers and customers do actually want to see it. So it has changed a lot since we started. Not to say there isn't a very long way to go <laughs> still. Yeah, absolutely. But that that persistence pays off, doesn't it? It's, it's quite shocking though that it took that much push to start the conversation going. Yeah, I find it hard to understand how people... Do you know, because it just runs through my blood now, Zebedee, like, I can't see why people wouldn't be inclusive of a whole section of society. Like, we all know that diversity is really important. Marketers, advertisers, creatives know that they need to be diverse in their advertising. They need to be inclusive. But for such a long time, disability has just been left out of that debate. I mean, not just even in creative industries, even I would go as far to say as people working in as diverse and inclusion managers, I think a lot of the time disability just gets left to the bottom of the discussions. But despite, I mean, I don't know if you know the stats, but 20% of people in the UK have a disability. Well, 20%, it's estimated 20% worldwide people have a disability of some sort. So, you know, chances are that you have a disability or somebody in your family has a disability or a close friend has a disability. And as we all get older, which we can't avoid doing, you know, at some point we're likely to gain a disability, whether it be with our hearing, our mobility or whatever it is. So like, it really is something that affects us all, but something that is not talked about enough and not visible enough, in my opinion. So you're tackling representation that exists in front of the camera. Do you think the problem starts behind the camera? Yeah, I I would say so. So this is our specialism. My specialism is trying to find work for people in front of the camera, actors, models. But I think part, yeah, you're right, because part of the problem is perhaps people aren't thinking about disability because the people in those boardrooms or the people making decisions or developing creative briefs aren't disabled themselves or don't have a close relationship with somebody who has a disability. So it's not, they're not thinking about it. <laughs> Do you know? And and I think the reason that being is that, I mean, that there's a huge issue with disabled people having access to work like disabled people are a lot more likely to be unemployed not through any fault of their own because of how society just makes it really difficult for them to be able to physically access places have the right support at work have employers who understand disability um, and, and employers that are willing to give them a chance and recruitment procedures that promote that 
And I think not even just in the workplace. I mean, disabled people are excluded from so many areas in society. Do you know, like even just getting into a pub, you know, the most important thing um, in the world, you know, just like <laughs> the, the, there's so many areas which is, re- is really difficult. The, the transport around London, getting on the tube, it's just like, it just makes things so much more difficult. So yeah, I, going back to your question, I think yeah, it probably does come from that, that there aren't enough um, people who make decisions who have disability and they're, are there to advocate for themselves. And funny you should mention that as well, actually, because we are, our emphasis has always been in, you know, in front of the camera, but we're just starting a division now for disabled creatives um, to try and help promote them to be working within, within agencies or productions or whatever it is. So that's the next step for us. So that's really exciting. So you are looking at, as it were, behind the camera and how those creative decisions are being made and making sure that there is representation with creativity. Yeah, that, that's what we hope to do. Yeah, we're hoping to get, um, you know, some brilliant videographers, photographers, hair and makeup, editors, anybody involved in the process who have, has a disability. We're hoping to represent them as well. Um, and hopefully, you know, that itself will encourage better inclusivity when it comes to the end product. So there's a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion, isn't there, regarding media representation. And you've been incredibly busy with all of your models, for example, on your books. And I've seen them have stunning success uh, in some of the campaigns recently. Do you think things are getting better or worse or are they stagnant? I think things are definitely getting better. The last stats I looked at, like I said, 20% of the population have a disability. And I have read that only 0.06% of people featured in advertising have a disability. So there's a huge disconnect there between the reality and the representation. And then when you look at that a bit deeper, I mean, we deal a lot with fashion, the stats are even worse. They're like 0.01%. So that's kind of one model in 2000 bookings has a disability, which for me just seems crazy. So I mean, I, I hope that those stats are out of date because like th- this year alone, we've had coming up 2,000 bookings. So I think that's kind of, it has to have changed. 2,000 bookings? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. that, that is a, that's enormous <laughs> for just you and your small team of bookers to handle. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> We're so busy. <laughs> but oh, yeah, gosh. It, 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 has to have, it has to have made a, an impact. I, I mean, we have we have got 500 models. We're based worldwide. We work in the UK, Europe, the US and Australia. So we are trying to impact this as a, on a worldwide basis. But um, I think definitely, definitely things have improved. Like even before lockdown, like I've lost sense of all my years now. I don't know where I am. But before lockdown, I would never have dreamed. It was so hard to even imagine a luxury brand or a beauty brand working with our talent and we are just getting briefs all the time like Gucci, Burberry, Tommy Hilfiger and then beauty like um, Revlon, Illamasqua, Delorder. Like we just never imagined to be getting these sort of briefs and 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 then alongside that we've been just getting really amazing like editorial projects like with Vogue and Elle and Marie Claire and you know, all the all the big fashion magazines. So it's definitely improved. It has, you know, from my perspective anyway, from what I can see from what's going on with our business, it is improving. But then if I pick, still, if I pick up a magazine or I watch the TV, we know that it's not where it needs to be. You know, you know, just walking around and seeing 
the media <laughs> that it's not it isn't where it needs to be but I am hopeful that it's gonna you know I don't think it's stagnant <laughs> yet <laughs> so I, I'm hopeful that things will continue to run on this trajectory. Is there a danger do you think that brands in particular treat representation as tokenistic and they think that you know representation in one campaign is probably enough to make a difference how might they better integrate representation in marketing and communications or via broadcast or editorial storytelling in general? I think there is a risk of that definitely um, but I've like I've always found this question quite difficult with tokenism because like I think brands are afraid of being called out as being tokenistic, and so instead they're just completely they just block diversity, so they exclude it entirely. They're afraid of being tokenistic, so instead we just won't do it at all. And I, I just feel like tokenism, you know, you ha- it is always the first step. Like it'll always look tokenistic that first time you do it because you've never done it before, for whatever reason. But the only reason you can be called out as being tokenistic is if you don't do it again, and you don't integrate it into your policies, and you don't continue to think about true inclusion when you're writing and developing ideas and thinking about ideas and then getting them to the boardrooms and getting them signed off. You know, it's got to just continue to run through everything you do. You know, and I'm not a creative. I like, I can't, even begin to understand that creative process but I just would say that you I really just want people to not you know not just disability just think about inclusion you've got to think about everything you've got to think about gender ethnicity age size social demographics demographics of where you are in the country or the world your customer base (laughs) I was listening to something the other day and they were talking about how you can relate to somebody in a campaign or in the media, but they don't have to be exactly the same as you. So like, you, you can book disabled talent or ethnically diverse talent that people can relate to, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are the same as you. They just have some characteristics or interests or something about them that you relate to. So in that respect, disabled people should just be included in all of your casting because they are just people the same as what the rest of us are it's just a part one characteristic it doesn't entirely define them it's just one characteristic of who they are yeah absolutely so let's talk about the casting process then what's the criteria for selection so how does a a a talent get onto your books well so when we first launched we were exclusively to work with disabled people um so that would be people with visible or non-visible disabilities of any age learning disabilities or physical disabilities we will consider anybody so we did that initially and then we started to get applications from people who we got application from a mastectomy um, model somebody who'd had a mastectomy and then we got a few applications for people with skin conditions and we've just felt really uncomfortable saying no because at that point they were also struggling to get representation from other typical agencies so it, it just felt like it made sense to us to be inclusive of people with visible differences. And then following on from that, we started to get applications who, from people who were trans and non-binary, again, who found it difficult to gain typical representation. And it just felt right for us to be inclusive of that diversity as well. So anybody from those groups can apply to register with us. We'll, um, they send in some images and some information about themselves and then we'll provide them a bit of information about 
the industry, what to expect, <laughs> whether it's right for them, just ask people to have a really good think about it. So we'll meet with them, find out about them. They can find out about us. We can see what they're like in front of the camera and all go all being well. <laughs> and then they'd be signed with us and then we'll start looking um, for work for them. Fantastic. But they must be so excited. So what's the experience of the talent you're representing? What's the difference your work has made on their lives? I mean, we get so many reports of like, <laughs> people tell us, how Zebedee has just had such a massive impact on them. Look, we, we can't guarantee that we're always going to find work for somebody. We can't guarantee. We'll try our absolute hardest, but we can't guarantee that we'll find work for, for, the, for everybody. The people who have had work, you know, on, on a personal level, that's, of course, had such a positive impact on them in terms of their self-esteem, their feelings of self-worth, economically, you know, like pe- when they've struggled to be able to to be in work, to suddenly be able to have a, a career in this industry is, you know, again, just fantastic for them. And that's just on a personal level. We've had reports like we had a lady who said, you know, she was born with a limb difference and she's joined with us and she just says like what she wouldn't have given to have something like Zebedee existing when she was a child to grow up and just for it to just be normal to see people with disabilities. and. We can act as though like the media doesn't affect us and we all kind of hope that it isn't impacting us so negatively, but it, it is, you know. And then we've had parents say, do you know, like when they've had a child with a disability, it's been so difficult, it's been such a lonely place and it's been so worrying and they've been so concerned about like what the future holds for their children. But to to be able to see the Zebedee kids just doing what other kids are doing it just would have had again such a positive impact on them and we do have parents saying like we love you know it's made it about the world a better place for them having a child with a disability and then for wider than that like families have just said that it's had such an impact and you know being part of Zebedee and their children being involved in Zebedee and like the friendships that people what we didn't realize was going to happen when we started Zebedee is that everybody gets to know each other all the models get to know each other and they support each other and that's just been a huge impact as well and then I think what even wider than that we can look at kind of like I I feel that it's got to have a positive impact on society more generally like if people are seeing this you know seeing disability and difference as just the norm then it just makes for a better place for us all to live, like a more understanding, a sympathetic, aware society, which only can be a better thing. And in terms of the brand and business impact, have you heard of any success stories from the brand's point of view? So Gucci, for example, is one of the brands that use you quite a lot. What What is the success that they've enjoyed? Yeah, so Gucci uses the, the biggest... I mean, we we talk about this a lot, but it probably is the biggest campaign that we've ever done. We didn't realise it was going to be the biggest campaign it was we would ever do when we when we did it. But we had a photographer get in touch who was doing a collaborate a Vogue Gucci collaboration, Gucci Beauty, and they wanted to work with some of our talent. And they it's David P D Hyde, the photographer, and he wanted to have an inclusive cast for this project. He booked our model Ellie Goldstein, who's a supermodel. And she did this shoot and it went into Vogue. It was reposted on Gucci's Instagram and that's 
still is the most liked Gucci Instagram post ever with near enough a million likes. So, you know, at that point, it, for me, it was like no more can brands say, oh, I don't know if my customers want to see somebody with a disability. Like it absolutely proved that that is not the case. Like to have that such positive engagement, it, to me, it just proves it makes commercial sense. And not only that, like the spending power of disabled people alone in, in the UK alone is uh, 200, almost 250 billion a year. So like there's, there's a lot of money out there. You know, there's a lot of customers out there that need to feel represented and feel like engaged with that brand. So what's the biggest challenge you're facing at the moment? What's keeping you awake at night? Getting all the work done. <laughs> keeps me out to get to sleep till one o'clock last night (laughs) but um what is keeping me awake at night well it's just it is still a constant battle we are only grasping a teeny teeny amount of bookings compared to what is out there there are so many brands who have never worked with us there are so many brands who've worked with us once and you know not come to us again there's brands that will work with our kids that won't work with our adults. I don't know why that is. There's high street brands who you'll never, you've still never seen a disabled model in their window ever. Still, there's on the big online brands, fashion brands that have never worked with disabled people ever. How often do we see a disabled hero or just dis- you know like even a main character in a film? Hardly ever. There is so far to go still. But what, you know, we're doing all we can. And all I can do is things like this to try and encourage people to just think about it a little bit more. And and what's been your proudest moment then, running the business? Proudest moment? Well, we just were recently nominated for the British, a British Fashion Council Changemakers Award, at which we didn't win. Fantastic. Congratulations. <laughs> but we were a runner-up. Well, and like, at least you were nominated. Yeah, exactly. We were down to the final three. <laughs> so I was like, well, that... Do you know, that's enough for us. So that was just like really, really, we were so proud of that because like for such a long time, it felt like we just weren't, you know, like people didn't recognise who we were and what we were doing. So it just was really lovely to feel recognised and feel like our guys are going to be given a chance. And, you know, it just, that was really wonderful. What can we look forward to seeing from Zebedee? You're going to be seeing more high-end fashion, you're going to be seeing like, when I don't watch TV that much, but whenever I do watch the TV, our guys pop up in the adverts like all over the place. Um, so I think you'll just generally see more inclusive advertising, which will be featuring a lot of our talent. And we'll just continue to do what we do with the high street and commercial projects. I think our American and our Australian branches have just seem to be growing so, so quickly. So I think you'll just see more celebrity talent kind of, gracing advertisements and wider media over there as well so I hope you do continue to do what you do and that you do it well and with greater coverage and I wish you all the success in the world it's always such a joy to speak to you so thank you Laura for coming in uh, and being on our podcast thank you so much for having me Thank you for listening to Good On Purpose. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to tune in for more, don't forget to hit subscribe before you leave. We'd love to hear your feedback and your suggestions for future episodes and guests. And you can do that either by getting in touch by email 
hello at goodagency.co.uk or you can find out more on our website which is www.goodagency.co.uk. Thanks again for tuning in and hope you can join us next time.